Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome to This is Ibrooks, the Rangers podcast, where I, William Boyd, chat to former Rangers captain and Hall of Famer Lorenzo Amoruso. Hello. How are you getting on? I'm not too bad, my friend. Not too bad. Just uh, like anybody else in this world at the moment, lockdown, especially down in Italy, the coronavirus is doing a lot of damage in this world to everyone, yeah. single, family, and of course, all the population, because... So many people died, so many people are affected. But most of all, uh, what is really frustrating is, which probably I don't wish to anyone and nobody else to to experience the, what we are doing now, what we experience now, losing our freedom, because that is the worst part of it. We can't do whatever we want. That's, that's yeah. something that uh, we, we used to... To have it, and probably we never been thinking how lucky we were in this world. Yeah. And now that we are locked down, you can be rich, you can be anyone you like, uh, but still you need to be stay at home all the time. Yeah. Uh, in my case, it's even worse because although I have a lovely garden, but I'm alone. My girlfriend, where she's she's in Rome, so quite far from me. Uh, yeah. It's already more than seven weeks that I, I don't see her. I mean, I see her just on chat, yeah. of course. So it's not easy. It's not easy for anyone. But uh, I think uh, we'll go over it. And we're going to get stronger and stronger again after this uh, epidemic. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a very difficult time we find ourselves in. It must be a bit dif- more difficult with your, being yourself. We have well, my dog, my dog will be the only one happy because she's me. Yeah. We are busy every day. Yeah. It's definitely happy to see me yeah. every hour of the day. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> 24 hours a day, yeah. Yeah, that's brilliant. The dog won't know what's, ha- what's happening. <laughs> Where you've been there all the time. Uh, so how, how was your, your upbringing uh, in Italy uh, with football? Uh, to be fair, my opinion is that football should be just completely stopped. Uh, although it's a massive income for the the government and for so many people, but I think the risk to to the 14th of March that uh, basically we we had. Uh, I mean, we still had. 260 people dead, which is still a lot. But compared with yesterday, for example, and before yesterday, again, yesterday we were around 500, and the day before 600. So today, 260. Things, things, looks, they are getting better. But of course, it's no easy. So I think football should realize that we are not playing a normal game here. We are playing live game. Yeah. And... Uh, if there is even 0.001% the chance to get involved again in this uh, in this virus, I think everything should be just stopped. stopped. I mean, not even started again. And started all over again eventually in August when probably, let's hope, everything will be 
down the line. I'm not saying we're going to go back again where we were, but at least we, we should be much, much better because we are basically yeah, end of April almost. May, June, July, three months, I think down the line more. I really hope everything will be sorted in, in the right way, in a good way for everyone in this world. So my opinion is that the football shouldn't restart again. I read today something today about UEFA saying that uh, the deadline will be the 25th of May, basically. And until, well, just the 25th of May, all the countries should decide if they're going to start the season again. Otherwise, will be no chance. And to be fair, I think it's uh, it's a good decision because if there are so many cases, like in Italy yet, because the the, the, the case is still 2,000, 3,000 every day yet, I think it's not good, not good, uh, especially because the most of the teams that uh, they are involved in, and especially in the Premier League, well, Serie A, whatever you want to call it in Italy, there are uh, dislocated between the areas where the, 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 the virus is still very high there. We're talking about Milan, we're talking about Turin, we're talking about Verona, all the there, Veneto, Lombardia and Piemonte. Those are the areas where the virus is destroying people, families. Yeah. And, and so I think if there is a 100% chance that no one will get hurt again or we are not going back Back the way, then whatever, do it. But otherwise, my idea is completely stop it because it's not worth it. It's not worth it. We are talking about lives here. We are not talking about yeah. just a football kick. We are talking about lives. So that's uh, that's something that people probably, uh, although there are, as I said, th- there are so much money involved, they keep forgetting that. Uh, I think more than 200,000 people died in this world, yeah. which, uh, which is absolutely crazy, to be fair. Yeah, so. uh, yeah I've seen a couple of kind of uh, videos from uh, Italy on Twitter and that, and it, it doesn't look good. Um, and that was just before it kind of peaked here in Britain, and it started doing kind of similar devastation to our country as well, which is it's not good to see, but hopefully everybody follows the, the, the restrictions that are in place and that's Hopefully right. we can get back to, to playing football and having everybody nice and safe as well. But moving on to your footballing career, uh, you were picked up by Barry, I think. Well, from Fiorentina, actually, when I joined oh, from it? Rangers. Yeah, when I joined Rangers, I used to play for Fiorentina. No, sorry, sorry, it was... Uh, you, did you start at Barry? Oh, like yeah. when you were a youngster? Uh, yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, sorry, I misunderstood the question. Yeah, yeah, I started in Bari, which is my hometown as well. Yeah. yeah, I started there as a young child, uh, you know, become a professional there at the age of 17. Uh, like a dream of come true, you know, just uh, yeah. absolutely wonderful, you know. Although it's not been very easy because uh, at that time, the south of Italy was not even easy to, to get uh, the chance to become a professional footballer because there were not a lot of... Uh, Football structure, the lifestyle uh, is quite dangerous in the south of Italy. So uh, it was very difficult. I mean, don't get me wrong. My family is a normal family. 
my holy dad that used to to work on his own just you know to make our life uh, easier and better uh, my mom used to stay home cooking do all the the, the things that uh, a mom home should do uh, my brother and my sister you know with me we we try to to give them when we get you know hold a bit of uh, uh, satisfaction studying and on my case especially also to become a pro- professional footballer give them the chance to enjoy their life my dad didn't really enjoy much because died four years ago so it was quite young considering age of 60 70 sorry 75 I don't think the, the age is very old but whatever I just really hope that uh, he enjoyed his life after you know uh, what I became, uh, what I did for the family, for him. And uh, yeah, Barry still in my heart. My family is still living down there. Uh, I live in Florence because I had to choose because the business, the work, and moving also between Italy and Scotland. Most of the time, Florence is much easier than Barry, especially at that time. When, when I used to play for Rangers, so I decided to live in Florence where I've got so many friends, so many people that they still love me. And that's uh, a plus. Florence is an absolutely gorgeous city, to be fair. Yeah. So, um, as you said, you, you came through the kind of Barry system. You got a couple of professional appearances, quite a few. And then you got your big move to, to Florentina, ending up in Florence, as you've just been describing. But... A big point that I wanted to touch on was you reached the semi-final of the Cup Winners' Cup. What was that like com- coming up against you know some of the, the top-class talent that they had? Like I think a few of them was uh, Ronaldo, uh, Figo, and Guardiola was there as well. You know the Man City manager. How was that coming up against uh, those players? It was. It, 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 it was uh, um, not easy because we knew that there were there were. Fantastic, uh, but we, especially on the first leg, we managed to to go in Barcelona through the game one each. But we felt that uh, the referee didn't really help us because Batistuta, for a normal uh, normal fall during the game, was booked. He was already ready to get sent off uh, for because game suspension because accumulation of uh, yellow card. And, uh, you know, at the first uh, kick, basically, well, was even a kick, was a shoulder charge or whatever. Uh, it was uh, basically yellow carded. And then, of course, he, he missed the return match in Florence. Uh, but we felt that uh, with uh, a decent referee, probably we should have gone through. I mean, yeah. uh, don't get me wrong. Uh, that team, Ronaldo, Figo... Guardiola, Stoichkov, they had so many unbelievable players there. But mm. so we, so we, because yeah. when you're talking about Fiorentina, you're talking about uh, people like Batistuta, Rui Costa, Oliveira, myself, Toldo, and goalkeeper. So we, yeah. we were a very good team either. Uh, the return game, uh, we felt from the first minute that uh, the referee wanted really to give uh, a direction to that game. Because after that, 15 minutes, our striker Oliveira was sent off for simulation, which at that time was not even something common. But yeah. what can you do? That's uh, how we felt it uh, and uh, whatever. Nothing we could do about it. But 
it was basically the first step. That that two games, they were the first two steps to get me closer to Rangers, because I found out after a little while that you uh, and Chester, which was at that time uh, the chief uh, uh, scout for Rangers, and Walter Smith, of course. I think Walter just on return leg in Italy came to see me to take a decision if they wanted to make a, an offer to Fiorentina or not. So I found yeah. out basically after a little while when I was already at Rangers. Yeah. So as you were saying, uh, yeah, Walter Smith brought you to Rangers. You and Chester must have kind of headhunted you and found you out. And that was in, in 1997. A nice transfer fee well, there as well. I, were... I, just, I, just, I, just knew, I just knew that later. Of course, those are things that, uh, you know, after a few years. But uh, the only thing I knew through my agent was that there were few British clubs that were looking for me at the time, you know, because I was performing very well. You know, yeah. I was almost ready to debut also with my national team because I had a chat with the, uh, the, the manager and the national team. Of course, after it didn't go through because I had the injury, blah, 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 blah. It's a very long story. But the first approach that officially, some ways, Rangers had with Fiorentina was straight after the Barcelona games. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, that's good. And, and I think uh, Walter Smith was going to bring you in to replace Richard Goff. But as you that's said, right. their injury, injury ruled you out. But how, how was that mentally to deal with, just joining a new club and then being out for nearly a year? I was devastated. <laughs> Yeah. I was devastated because uh, basically we, I knew because I played with this injury through the season. So I knew that by, by the end of that season, I would have had this uh, on the paper, supposed to be a very small operation. And when, uh, when there was this basic interest from Rangers, the first thing I did was to speak with, uh, with, with uh, Walter Smith and, and the chairman at this time, uh, David Maria, said, listen, I don't know if the, the, the deal will go through, but you should know that uh, I have this problem on my heels and I need to deal with it because I can't go another, week, another season doing injection and having no good preparation like because sometimes it was so painful I couldn't. And they said, no, 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 we know that. We know that already. But uh, we would like to use our specialist our doctor, of course, and our patient to take care of it. And to be fair, after I signed the contract, I didn't feel right to say to them, listen, Chuck, I go where I want, because that was my right. Because, because it's yeah. your career, you can go wherever you want to get this operation done. Uh, but at that time, you know, they've been spending a lot of money to get me there. And I felt uh, a bit not awkward, you know, to say, no, wait, I'll do what I want. It was not nice. So I trusted, of course, Ranger specialist, but honestly, he made horrible things there because yeah. not once, but twice, basically, he messed up everything, my Achilles, till basically was middle of August. Maybe, yeah, middle of August, I couldn't even walk. My, my shoe size, think about is was, well, 42 and a half at the time. To walk with a normal shoe, I had to wear 45. Yeah. Because, yeah, because I couldn't even have a normal shoe because it was so strong, the pain, 
that I couldn't really walk with the normal shoes. So I had to wear like 45 because at least there was a bit of space, you know. And yeah. then in this case, there was no good enough. Uh, and then I said to Walter, Walter, I had enough now. Because I started to feel really worrying for my career. Yeah. Because when you wake up in the morning and you can't even put your foot down without feeling pain, that's something concerning about everything, you know. And yeah. Walter, of course, was keen to say, Lorenzo, don't you worry. Do what you want before you come back, before, you know, everybody was going to be happy, like me and the, the club as well. So I went back to originally to my first doctor visit down in, in Antwerp. And, of course, when he saw me, he said, said, Lorenzo, you will go back to play football. But to be fair, what I don't like to speak bad against another doctor, but what he did here is absolutely a mess. He didn't understand what the problem was. So you will go back play football again, but of course will take time. Because yeah. the, the place there, the heels, the, the Achilles tendon, in this case, is even worse than when I saw you months ago. So basically said that was uh, end of August, more or less, said to me, we can get an operation even in the next few days, but you're not going to be ready before March, April, more or less. That was the day. So yeah. considering that I signed for Rangers in May, we're talking about almost a year, by the, by the way. And although I wasn't really happy, but I said, yeah, okay, let's go through. I stayed there and I got the operation basically the very next day. And everything went okay, but uh, it was a nightmare, actually. It was a nightmare yeah. because uh, it's frustrating when everybody is waiting for you, when, you know, the club, the, the supporters, everyone was looking to see you play. I was able to play just a couple of friendlies, one in Ibrox between us, basically, and uh, like another seven, 60 minutes in uh, in Everton away game in Liverpool for the testimonial match. But, of course, even those games, they were not good enough for me because the pain was getting over and over through my brain, actually, and I couldn't yeah. really perform. Absolutely. Yeah. So it kind of started to affect you. So especially if you've had a couple of operations, that must be really tough to try and kind of focus on, like, you know, try to put it to the back of your mind as well. It is the worst start to you can have yeah <laughs> absolutely it was it was really yeah yeah it was really frustrating the whole thing but saying that uh, in some ways i was a bit uh, clever and in some ways lucky also using that kind of uh, not playing role to to use and to still uh, from the dressing room, from that dressing room, for for the players, what was the meaning to play for Rangers? To how to adapt that kind of new culture, uh, yeah. new football, new language. So everything was. Um, I used that time basically to improve myself, to fix properly myself in that kind of new new adventure. Yeah. And uh, after so many years, I can tell you. Don't get me wrong. I would have preferred to play on the field, that's for yeah. sure. But at least uh, I used that spare time, because I couldn't do anything else at the moment, to, to understand what was really the, the meaning of wearing that uh, Ranger top, which uh, 
which is not a common thing because so many players, good players, came in Scotland and they failed because uh, it's not easy. It's not easy to wear that the jersey. I said many, many times that jersey can be a jersey but has uh, an an important weight. Uh, And uh, not everyone can really bring that that shirt with proud, with honor and respect uh, all the history that that jersey has on, on his back. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, a massive weight to kind of carry, as you were saying there. But uh, moving on to kind of you, when you finally got to play, if I'm not mistaken, you had a kind of ropey relationship with the fans to begin with. Do you think that was kind of put down to your your injuries? You find it maybe difficult to come in. Well, when, when I well, actually my debut, it was absolutely perfect because uh, uh, my debut was against Celtic, semi-final against yeah. uh, uh, against us, uh, Saint Celtic in, in the semi-final uh, for the Scottish Cup. Uh, that season did go well uh, because that was the season of the ten in a row. My debut was absolutely wonderful, though, because we won two-one uh, uh, at Celtic Park, so it was absolutely wonderful. The very next day, it was against Celtic again, and we won home 2-0, league game. So yeah. everything was looking great. Then, of course, the season decided we wanted to go wrong, and things were... I don't understand why. I still, even now, don't, don't remember why. We lost the game in, in, in Aberdeen. We lost home against Kilmarnock. We thrown, basically, the chance to win the 10 in a row that season. But I, I'm still thinking that those five games I played, basically, they were games that uh, were played just with adrenaline. The whole adrenaline yeah. that I was accumulating during the, the injury time. The very next season, you know, everything changed there. New manager came in, so many new players. Uh, and the, from the preseason already, I didn't really feel well. Uh, I think uh, my body needed time to get fitness, match fitness uh, ready. In fact, yeah. during the, the beginning of that season, I really didn't play well. I was uh, finding my legs heavy, um, not really sharp like I supposed to be. And yeah. of course, some supporters starting to, to, to boo me. Uh, but I, I think that most of the problems were starting from the point that uh, Advogat made me captain there. And yeah. uh, the, not all of the press, but most uh, part of the press didn't really like that. You know, as a, as a Catholic and Italian man, becoming Ranger captain at that time was like an insult for the club and for the supporters. And yeah. uh, the press starting to not give me the right attention in some ways. Well, they were trying to deliberately make me look stupid in so many other situations. They were chasing me for anything. Uh, if we were getting a good result, okay, was normal. If we were losing games or not playing well, it was Lorenzo's fault, which yeah. I don't think is fair because at the end of the day, we are a team, team, team squad. We win and we lose together. Yeah. So, whatever. But uh, so I started to feel well. My performances, to be honest, they were not really great because, as I said, I was not really sharp enough. 
to stay at that level. But that uh, that was part of the injury. Uh, yeah. I found out that after you know a few few months, uh, I started to get better and better. But the only yeah. way I had to get better was playing, and of course giving my 120% every day, not just in game, but also in training. And that's what I did. Because yeah. that was the only answer I could give to everyone who feel. Going there and show everybody what I was capable of. Because I wasn't happy with me as well for the way I was performing. But uh, I knew that sooner or later I would have come back on my level. And most of all, I knew that what Lord, that, that player that was playing there it was really the the, 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 the the proper Lorenzo. It was Lorenzo, but not 100%. Of course, most of the supporters, they didn't really know me much. Or yeah. they saw me play in Italy not many times. So they they started to think, what the hell player we've got here? And so the only thing I had to do, it was working harder and harder and harder every day. And that's what I did. Yeah. And then after a few months, of course... My performances, my my condition, my mental condition, my most of all my body condition started to get better and better, and then I started to play much better. Yeah, absolutely. And as you said, uh, just a few few months after the season had started, it was November 1998, and you got your first uh, trophy and a two-one win over St. Johnson. Can you, you remember the match? Yeah. Um, difficult, difficult match actually. Difficult match because. Uh, it was the first final. Well, the whole season for us, although we end up winning the, everything in Scotland, the treble, but it was uh, um, uh, an increasing season where basically we didn't start well as well because we lost. I think uh, well, I was there actually because I was suspended. But we lost the first game home. Well, sorry, the first uh, league game against the Heart away from home. Then the first. Uh, uh, pre-qualification UEFA Cup game against Shelburne, uh, 10 minutes down uh, half-time, we were after, sorry, after after, sorry, in the second half, we were 3-0 down, and uh, of course, we managed to win that game 5-3, but that says enough how much the team wasn't really 100%, because we changed so many players that season, and when you change so many players, it's quite difficult to make thing, things going, you know, gel together and go in the right way. Because, first of all, we were full of foreign players. Some of those couldn't even understand and speak properly English, like yeah. Gabriel Amato or others. So that was the first problem. Second, players like Arthur Newman, for example, he came very late that season because he had to play the, the World Cup. And so also for Arthur, it was not easy to come back and get the fitness back at that level. So it was not really easy. Our performances, they were not really the best. Me, first of all. But, of course, we, we had just one, one way to, to improve it. Just playing, play as much as we can, winning games, even in a bad way, not performing great, but if you win, you know, you can really work on and things that can get better and better. And that's what we did. We end up basically that season in great style, winning, but also playing very good football because yes. that's what we did, basically. 
Yeah, yeah, you absolutely did. You, I remember some games. You know, try to think back who the game was against. Is it Borussia Dortmund? Maybe. And I think it's like tiki taka kind of football. Loads of passing all the way up in the build up. Yeah, that that was. I don't remember if it was that season or the next season, but yeah. uh, we had very good game. Well, uh, my my game that I still remember and drives me crazy even now when I'm thinking about is Bayern de Monaco, yeah. Bayern Munich. That's uh, something unbelievable. Home, uh, we drew one each. They equalized on deflected free kick, like uh, five minutes to go, basically. And the whole game, we were we were cruising. We we scored with George Albert. We could have scored another two or three, uh, and then we couldn't really score more. And they 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 scored basically by the end of the game. Away from home, exactly the same. We had so many chances. Uh, best best player on the pitch was their goalkeeper Khan. We yeah. got a bad injury for for us and for Michael Moles as well. And but we could go through their they they line there. We had like five eating like five four five posts uh, crossbars. So many chances. Yeah. Honestly, that game is something that drives me crazy. Even now, when I'm thinking about that, that game, that's something crazy. That was Champions League. The only thing I remember properly was straight after the game, Beckenbauer at that time used to. I don't know if he's still working for Bayern Munich now. At that time, he said uh, an interview, basically in TV, he was said uh, he say, was saying, "Well, we are through, of course, uh, but we are we are very lucky to go through. We are very happy, sorry, but uh, we've been very lucky. And the only team today that really deserved to, to win this game was Rangers because they played absolutely well, and we have been we've been very very lucky. So yeah. That says enough how good we were. But unfortunately, sometimes to to get there, we need to have a bit of luck as well, which we didn't yeah. really have in that period of the season as well. Yeah, absolutely. My dad used to always say to me, you can beat a good team, but you can't beat a lucky team. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, so what was uh, Dick Avricat like in that kind of period as well, when you were going to Europe and stuff like that? What was he like during those times? Well, Advocate, Advocate was uh, basically... Um, a manager that uh, made uh, straight rules, not easy rules, yeah. in some ways stupid rules, but uh, it was his way to, to coach, which could be good, especially in the beginning when you change so many things and making things uh, straight from the first minute. Yeah. But going on and on, I think those rules was getting they were getting uh, really frustrating for everyone because yeah. it, it was like uh, being in school, basically in some ways. Yeah. I'm say I'm doing some example now, like uh, you can start eating after training or in preseason until he was saying your meal. Whatever you you need to wait him altogether there. Whatever, okay, can understand that. Fine. You couldn't wear colored boots, which is quite um, understandable. Maybe not. Maybe yes. But for example, Gabriel Amato had his own sponsor, which was a Spanish company, 
give him money because he's wearing this white boot and he didn't yeah. like it. Or for example, during the training, you couldn't use your Bermuda, no? Or a tracksuit or uh, whatever, uh, even, even a hat. Couldn't wear it. I mean, you were saying, you wear it if everybody else wear it. So everyone should look exactly the same, which is insane. It's good. Yeah. It's, it's stupid. Uh, in preseason, for example, when you, you're starting to use new boots, you're trying new boots for new sponsor for the season, your feet getting blisters, you know, they are quite sore at the beginning. So you like to go around when you are not training, of course, with fit flops of, you know, no, no, no socks, uh, you know, shorts, uh, whatever. And for him, it was crazy. So he was said, no, everyone with his socks, everyone without uh, whatever. Um, no, 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 the, the, the top should be inside the trousers. There were so many rules, the stupid yeah. rules that uh, they were like child. Yeah. And so in the beginning, we... We really did accept them because it was just the beginning. But yeah. after a little while, we, we, we knew that those rules that were for kids you know, were not for players. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. If there is a dressing room there needs to be ruled in, in, a, in a good way, some rules are fine. Yeah. But when you don't need them, you know, it's why you need to be stupid. Or, for example, when we used to travel airport or bus most of the time we couldn't use mobile phone in, on the bus you know yeah. sometimes you need to phone your girlfriend your wife your your, your mom your dad your kids eventually yeah. you couldn't i mean don't get me wrong there are rules that uh, in some ways uh, in the long term making things getting worse and worse you know what i mean yeah so till you were winning everything was uh, understandable and 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 fine when the things started to get worse of course even a stupid rules like uh, wearing your wet top or not everyone should wear the wet top or not started to get really a problem yeah. a problem and 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 then the dressing room started to to fall apart yeah and you you and you ended up clashing with the Africa during well, kind of that I, I didn't, time, I yeah? Didn't really, no, no, I didn't really clash with them. Um, the third season of Africa, basically, we, we, we were not really performing well, for sure. But uh, his, his behavior with us was like taking a distance, you know? So yeah. what I was saying is, I, w I was trying to, most of all, to... to to react and dress to them, maybe even louder, but to make my teammates, you know, get up for it and, you know, just go on the field and start to run to play and perform properly. And then, of course, when I realized that we were not really doing what Advocate was asking to us, I, I went to him and said, listen, there are things here that we need to be sorted between the team and, and you because you are telling us to do something we are not doing so. So the problem is, oh, you're not explaining properly or we don't understand properly. So in some ways, he, he, he made a, 
for himself, I think, uh, a good escape, like saying, well, I don't like the way you've been talking recently. At that time, I had a problem with my girlfriend. Actually, I broke up my girlfriend, and the, the press was uh, jumping on me. They were, they were following me everywhere. Just yeah. to find out if I was involved in other situation, whatever, you know. Yeah. And he said to me, you know, you know, because I think uh, the press is jumping on you in this probe moment, uh, so I don't think you should be the captain anymore. This team, because I said, what? Nothing to do with what yeah. is my private life or what is when I don't. If 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 I, if you don't feel right that I'm not playing well, you drop me on the bench. That's a different story. But private life is nothing to do, even because. I don't need, I said to him, I don't need the art band to perform on the pitch. I always been that way. I always will be. Lorenzo was like that last year, two years ago, we were winning as well because I don't like to look, I don't really like to even drop a goal, even if we win 6-1. I don't like to drop a goal whatsoever. Yeah. That That's the the way I am. can be good enough or bad enough. I don't care. That's the way I am. Um, but then, of course, I started to feel that he was trying to save himself because, of course, he was under pressure as well because the press started to realize that uh, he was complaining with every everybody. Players, the pitch, the referees, the supporters. He was complaining with everyone. Yeah. Uh, he was complaining also with the ladies from the kitchen for the food they were making. Yeah. Honestly, the, it was a joke. It was a joke, yeah. honestly, sometimes. And the press started to understand that he never once mentioned the fact that probably the team wasn't performing well because he was not doing things right at that moment. Yeah. So basically, when he said to me, uh, Lorenzo, I don't think you're going to be the captain again in this team, I said, you know what? This is the Armand. Fuck you. Uh, if you want me to play, I'll play. But from now on, I'm not going to respect you anymore as a human being. That's yeah. it. I'm off. And that's what I did. Uh, of course, I phoned my agent saying, get me out here now because I yeah. can't really stand anymore with this person here. That's not a manager. This is a, just a, a bad man managing. You can't blame just one player for the bad result you're having. No chance. That's yeah. absolutely wrong. Plus, what he did worst in my scenario, in my brain is that normally in this situation you're trying to give the hardman to someone who's got experience someone who's got you know a good reability about playing so many games and in our team we had team players like uh, George Albert Stefan Klaus, Arthur Newman experienced player, very good experienced player, what he did was give the hardman to Barry Ferguson don't get me wrong, great player but at that yeah. time, Barry was very young. Yeah. He was very young. And giving the armband to young players would have made him probably feel under pressure, would have given him so much responsibility and problems because that's what could have been. So then I realized that uh, he was trying to save his own ass because yeah. giving the armband to Barry Ferguson was like, uh, all right, I throw Barry Ferguson through the eyes of the press. Everybody's going to be happy because he's Scottish, because he's young players, blah, 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 blah. So yeah. for at least two, three weeks, I'm going to be okay. They were talking about Barry Ferguson captain and 
On the other side, Lorenzo's no captain anymore. So yeah. he was pro- he was giving away, throwing the pressure on me, on Barry, on the team, but keeping away from him, which after so many years, because I'm a manager now, I'm not coaching, but I'm a manager because I've got the, all the badges. I understand that is absolutely the opposite of how a good manager should do. You know, yeah. that's... Uh, so the relationship after that, that situation basically didn't go through anymore. Yeah. I mean, it was just like good morning, good evening. In yeah. fact, what I didn't really like about him anymore was the fact that he was using me, keep still doing regularly, every fucking day, every fucking game used to put me on the field, which was quite controversial, you know, because if you don't like the way I act, the way the, the way I play, you drop yeah. me on the bench. And that was something that I really, really liked from him at all. Yeah. No, that's no, not really too good. And uh, I think when you were on the phone to the agent, I think there were a few kind of clubs down south in England that were kind of interested in you. Were, were there ever any that was close to, to really coming through? Uh, well, not really. I knew... I knew there was something in England, but officially there was nothing. Yeah. Uh, basically, the, the real problem was that at that time, Rangers started to get uh, financial problems. Yeah, um, yeah it was um, quite a difficult time. David Murray just stepped off a bit, and Joe McLellan took his place, tried to make things working better financially for the club. Um I had one year left my contract with Rangers. Things were were going well because Advocate was gone. Of course, Arke McLeish took over and brought us to win a double the first season. Another double, basically, right away, almost there, because in the league we were cruising. And But one month, more or less, a month before the end of that season, Alec, uh, straight after training, actually, I was going home. Just rings me up saying, Lorenzo, are you going home? I say, yeah, I'm going home, boss. What's wrong? Say, Listen, I need to talk to you. Can I come to visit you at home? I say, yeah, why not? Uh, so he came. And he said to you, he said to me, uh, Lorenzo, is not your manager who's talking to you now. It's like, see me like an older brother. I know that you you have from from England, some some clubs are looking for you. Well, I said, listen, officially nothing. I know that someone is just trying to contact my agent, but officially there's nothing yet. He said, well, listen, uh, the club is not going to offer you a new contract because we got serious financial problems and uh, we are not going to give you another contract. Yeah. So basically, I'm telling you, if you really want to go, and if you have a good offer, just take it because we need a bit of money. We can sell you and we get a bit of money. Uh, plus, this one could be your last important call. So a very older brother, I tell you, get a chance and think about your career because here the situation is not very good. Now, through my mind, I really... I was at that age, I was 32, and I was thinking two, three, 
four years, it depends how long my body will, uh, will be at that level. I wanted really to finish my career at Rangers because that was uh, all about, you know? Yeah. I never considered to go away from Rangers. I felt great. Everything was really perfect for me there. Yeah. Uh, I settled in, in a great way. But of course, I said to him, I said, Gaffar, honestly, now we'll still lot to play, still the league to play, still the, the Scottish Cup final to play yet. So I said to him, uh, honestly, uh, I will finish the season and uh, I will think when I go back home, like take a week off completely, then I will make a decision. And then, of course, the league came and we, we dropped a few points, uh, drawing a few games there and then that uh, dramatic last game of the season. But we managed to win the league in a great yeah. style, I have to say, because against the Farmer we performed in a fantastic way without leaving no even a drop of energy in our body. That game was a tough game, but we managed. And plus, of course, there was after... A week, the Scottish Cup final against Dundee, uh, which was a difficult team to play against. Very yeah. tough, very physical, difficult to play because they were really at it. And against them, you knew that uh, you couldn't play well. They were yeah. really chasing everything and everybody. And during the league, uh, we, we, we won against them, but we didn't really play well. So we knew that that final could have been a tougher one, really tough. And that, the way it was. But I was the only one to, to manage to score a goal from a fantastic delivery free kick from Neil McCann. I had a fantastic header anticipating the goalkeeper. Uh, we won that Scottish Cup final, which was meaning also for us to travel again. Because my time at Rangers in six years has been too travel. Yeah. It's, it's not as common things actually. Yeah. I mean, no many, no many players can can say a ranger want to travel in a that short period. Yeah. Uh, so, while we were celebrating, honestly, uh, I got uh, named the the man of the match as well. So, through the 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 the, the, the dialogue with the. With Alec McLeish, you know, came through my head at the end of that game. And, of course, treble, winning the, the men of the match. Of course, goal scorers are starting to cry because I said, if really need to go, if I really need to go, because there are problems here. Yeah. I think in some ways, someone is trying to say something to me because yeah. that that was the perfect ending. Like, a dream, you know, to yeah. say thank you very much to everyone for what the supporters, the Ranger people gave to me. That was the perfect way to go away. Uh, and so I started to cry. In fact, my teammates as well, they would say, why, Lorenzo, are you leaving? Are you really leaving? And I said, no, guys, I, I've got no idea yet. But, uh, you know, that was a very an emotional day. In fact, I signed with Blackburn a month and a half later. But uh, it was really, really, really strange. Very strange, very emotional. I knew that part of my life there was uh, basically gone. Yeah. Uh, in, a, in a great style, but still it yeah. was gone because I knew the Ranger were not rolling to give me another contract. I mean, don't get me wrong. I 
could have stayed there. Could have stayed there because I had one year left in Rangers contract. That was Alex said to me, Lorenzo, if you want to stay, you stay. I will be fucking delighted to have you here, you know? Yeah. But in one year time, you know what's going to happen. Nobody knows. Yeah. So if you have a chance to send a new contract, two, three years, whatever it's going to be, just take the chance. That's the only advice I can yeah. give to you as a, an older brother. And that yeah. was the situation, basically. So did everything kind of turn again in, in a good kind of way when Alex McLeish came in? What, what was like the big difference, do you think, between Dick Avrakat's style and, like, for the rest of the team as well? Like, because everything kind of seemed to start picking up, you know, after Alex kind of came, came in. It was just a matter of talking with the player. Yeah. The way he was talking, the way he was uh, giving confidence back, trust, most of all, to the players. Yeah. Because what Advocate didn't do was... He was taking away confidence from the team. He was not yeah. giving trust to the players. Uh, those rules, for example, they were absolutely removed as soon as uh, uh, Alec came. Don't get me wrong. There were other rules, but there were yeah. rules that uh, there are normal rules. Uh, you need to be there on time. You need to respect uh, whatever the, the situation is. There yeah. are rules. There must be rules. That's for sure. In a team, you must have rules. Yeah. But there are there, there were rules that uh, everyone was keen to accept because they were understandable. Uh, yeah. But most of all, most of all, what Alec did was well. First of all, giving us back what the confidence was missing. You know, because yeah, uh, I think there were players, myself as well. We were not really performing. We were just sometimes it was quite uh, even difficult to say, "Oh, I need to go training today." Oh my God, that's awful. We do yeah. the best job, well, job, whatever, the best activity in the world. Just thinking about, "Oh, I'm gonna fucking train today." It's not good. No yeah. good. I mean, that, probably that one is with the worst uh, mentally. That was my worst. Uh, period of my career because uh, you knew that you, you were going through a phase where you hate anything there and that yeah. was no good don't get me wrong it's not it was not just a personal feeling because after years i've been chatting with ladies from from the the the, the, the Nybrox where we used to eat uh, the training ground the, the, all the people around they were yeah. feeling exactly the same that means that probably because the rules they were for us, they were also for those people working at Ibrox or uh, at the training ground. So yeah. there were stupid rules which no one really liked. Alec yeah. came in and using different rules, res- respect what was for anyone, but of course keeping a good distance. Just thinking about, uh, I was in Italy because. Uh, Due to Green Band, I it was uh, was that November more or less. I think it was Alec was appointed in November, if I don't get wrong. And I had uh, one game ban. In that period, we used to play so many games because yeah. I had basically one weekend off. I said to advocate, uh, I couldn't see my family for a long time. I said to him from the summer, I believe. So I said, listen, I'm going to Italy for a couple of days, three, four days. That's it, nothing else. He said, yeah, okay, no problem. You're not going to play the weekend, so go there for the weekend. 
I go there over the weekend. That was like mm, Tuesday, probably, more or less. I go there, and uh, the very next day, or maybe a couple of days after, I got this phone call uh, from a British number, which I didn't know. Yeah. And say, hello, who's talking? I thought it was a journalist or whatever, you know. Uh, said, hi, Lorenzo, it's Ali McLeish, you're your manager here. Say, what the fuck is this? It's a joke. <laughs> Who's talking about? Lorenzo is Alec McLeish, <laughs> your ranger manager here. And I said, okay, guys, yeah, don't take the piss. Fucking I'm in Italy here, taking a wee break with my family, please. And yeah. then I started to, 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 to listen. Alec really was getting angry, saying, Lorenzo, <laughs> fuck's sake, it's Alex McLeish here. You're really too much here. So I started to understand it was... Uh, it's really my I say, sorry, Gavo, but I thought it was a joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no. And, of course, he said to me, yo, I know you're there with your family. Take care. Stay there for a couple of days. But Saturday, you're going to play home. We're going to play home again. Sorry, away uh, in, in uh, Motherwell. Although you are suspended, I would like to see you go there, come in the dressing room, yeah. stay there with us, and then, of course, watching the game from the stand. I said, right, mm -hmm. why not? That's no, no problem whatsoever. So, basically, I came there on the... We we played on Sunday, sorry, not the Saturday. I came there on Sunday morning. I joined the team. I went to the... That was uh, the way Alec was dealing with players. I don't remember any phone call from Advocate in three, three and a half years, for example. Yeah. No one, no even after he left, uh, or no even after uh, we retired or whatever. He never really explained why he took the armament away from me. That's yeah. something that I will never forget and will never forgive. To be fair, that yeah. was a big difference. Beside uh, all the tactical and uh, uh, physical training and things like that, because I believe that the advocate is not stupid. His, his uh, career speaks for him. He's not a stupid manager. The yeah. way he was, uh, uh, do the human being uh, relation with the players, then a lot of things to, to, to change, in my opinion, at that time. Yeah. So a month after Alex McLeish kind of came in, just over a month, he's were up at Aberdeen at Pataudry, and the game kind of, something happened between the fans. I think it was a coin struck an Aberdeen player. But I always remember you going over and trying to calm the, the fans down. Had you ever experienced it? Because I remember watching that game, and I must have been about 10, and I was thinking, what is he doing? <laughs> yeah, I know, but uh, considering that, uh, that I never saw the, the, the supporters in Glasgow or in Scotland really get so angry and upset uh, honestly, uh, I wasn't happy to watch them uh, throwing anything because they were throwing seeds, they were breaking seats and throwing theirs, anything they had in their hands. And, uh, you know, for us, it was not really good because we were uh, trying to win the league that season. Yeah. And uh, I thought, if the game is going to be suspended, maybe everything can be worse for us. So yeah. I tried to go under them, our, our own supporter, and tried to calm down, yeah. calm them down, because uh, we, ha we had everything to lose in that game. Yeah. And uh, eventually, in some ways, uh, uh, some of the supporters 
understood me, you know. Yeah. They really calmed down in some ways. But while I was trying to speak with them, the referee decided to, to suspend the game. And I think the game was suspended for half an hour or something. Yeah. Uh, it was, uh, I don't know, uh, at that time was not anymore the captain of the team. But yeah. as I said before, I didn't really need the, the armband to, yeah. to, to act as a captain because I, I feel responsible in any case, uh, whatever I do. I, I, I've never been a selfish player. I've never been a selfish yeah. person. I, I like to share my experience, my knowledge with the people around me. If I can help anyone, I'll do it. That's yeah. the way I am. Uh, I don't know if it is a good thing because many times I've been thinking, well, Lorenzo, you know what? You have done just for yourself. Probably it was better, you know? But after so many years, I, I, I said to myself, when I do that, when I, I used to, when I, when I help people, when I, I, I help uh, my teammates, say, for example, people like uh, Gabriel Amato, Claudio Canigia, Mikel Arteta, they can speak a word of English. And yeah. because I speak Spanish, for me, it was normal to help them to, to speak with the manager, with the teammates and all the things until they were getting there. It was easy for me. It was yeah. normal. Uh, I don't know how many other players would have done that. No. Um, to be fair, uh, don't get me wrong. Uh, I, I'm not asking for a thank you for anyone. I don't care. That's something you do because you feel it. That's it. Yeah. But it's part of my life. I've always been that way. I always will be. Uh, those things will never change. Yeah. Do you remember who scored the goal in that game? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. It was what a beauty. Oh, it was yeah. a beauty, wasn't it? Probably, probably the best goal of my career, actually, I have to say, because it was an unbelievable strike, left foot, coming yeah. off from it, dribbling on the middle of the park, honestly, kicking this fantastic shot right to the, the corner there. It was absolutely unbelievable. Top corner, yeah. left foot. And, uh, something really... Spectacular! Yeah. <laughs> that, uh, especially after happened, what happened there with the supporters, yeah. I think it was uh, really absolutely fantastic. Yeah, yeah. great, great achievement. That was a superb goal. I was just watching that one back the other night as well. It brought back a few memories. Um, I think it was that season you were voted the Scottish uh, Players Football Association Player Players Player of the, the Year. That's right. That's right. Which I'm so proud of it. Because uh, as a defender, it's not easy to get that kind of uh, work. It's, it's very difficult. Normally, strikers, midfielders, they get that kind of uh, important trophy. And yeah. to get named from all the other players of that league, yeah. it's, it's really special. I'm so proud of it, honestly. So proud because it's really difficult to get it. But when you get this nomination from your own uh, teammates and of course team from uh, sorry uh, yeah team from other players from other teams yeah. it's uh, it's special it's special yeah. that means that they know that you've been a good player you've been playing very very high level that season yeah. and uh, that you 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 gain respect from other players doing that and that's uh, 
uh, that was a fantastic achievement for me, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Especially as you were saying, being a defender, don't usually oh, get all the glory. So, you know, I think that speaks for itself what, what your professional players who are coming up against uh, thought of you. But uh, as we were speaking about you ended up leaving for Blackburn. You spent three seasons there. How do you look back on, on your time at Blackburn? Uh, well, really, it's not been easy down there. Um, yeah. I had a few injuries, uh, but uh, that didn't really stop me much. Uh, the problem, uh, the worst problem was that uh, uh, the relationship with uh, Mark Hughes, most of all, because, um, well, the beginning with uh, with uh, Tunis, everything was going well. I got this injury, of course, the team was not doing well. I got this operation done. When I came back from the operation, the team was not really in a great situation. We were in relegation zone. But uh, I came back and uh, and we managed to get saved without no problem. And I still remember an interview from from uh, Sunez saying, uh, well, we are happy, we are safe. Uh, uh, but, uh, you know, the comeback of Lorenzo made uh, such a big difference because Lorenzo is a proper defender. Lorenzo is someone who gave us something more than the back and uh, because he can really make the action, but at the same time, he's a good defender. He knows how to defend. And that, I was really proud of what he was saying because it's not a common thing from a manager to say, especially when you're talking about a single player. Yeah. Of course, as um, soon as decided to go away and went to Newcastle and Mark Hughes came in, and uh, while he came in, I, I played for him, of course. But, of course, uh, again, uh, the injury came through. And, uh, and of course, I stayed out for, for months, a few months. Not a few months, well, not much. A couple of months, maybe. Yeah. Uh, when I came back, when I came back, there was no place anymore for me there. Yeah. There was no place for me there. Um, the team was doing well, I have to say. And that's why I said to him, uh, listen... Uh, I had a chance to go away in the summer. I said to him, uh, listen, uh, I can go. I can go. Sorry, what summer? It was uh, almost in January, yeah, the, 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 the winter market. And I said to him, uh, listen, um, if you don't need me, I can go. Uh, give me a chance to play because at least I'm the age of 35. You know, I can go and play one, two years. I don't know. I know there were a couple of teams that were looking for me. Southampton was one of them. One of them, Leeds, was another one. So I had a chance to go there and eventually play for one, two seasons. And, and he said to me, no, no, Lorenzo, don't you worry. No, I need you here. Although you're not playing, uh, you know, I need you here for experience, blah, 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 blah. What happened was he brought me on the bench for a couple of games till the, basically the, the, the winter market ended up, finished. Yeah. Uh, and since after that, he started to send me understand. And then I said, "What the fuck is going on here?" And yeah. I tried to speak to him. He was not. He is a person who doesn't really speak much at all. Yeah. So I said, "Why are you doing this to me?" And I said, "What's wrong? Tell me why. Why these things happening?" No, Lorenzo. It's just because I think other players. You need to to have some friendly game before you get match fitness, blah, 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 all these stupid excuses, yeah. whatever. I never played by the end of the season. In the summer, 
offer was, I got a phone call from the chief executive there saying, Lorenzo, uh, we would like to get an agreement with you and solve the contract, you know? I said, what? I said, no, listen, I had the chance to go away and you know it, I said, because he was involved in that things in January, last January. And I said, you know it, what the situation, and the manager said to me, you will play, blah, 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 blah. Now you me asking to cut me the, the, the wages that I should get because we signed a contract three years ago and whatever. And now, now I said, listen, the way he's been treating me is absolutely crazy. It's not yeah. right. So if you want me to go, give me all the money and then I'll go for free. No, don't worry, yeah. but give me all the money that I, you need to give to me because it's been really unrespectful what you did to me. I could have gone in January, wherever, basically, he never done that, never spoke to me anymore. I, st I told him uh, once, I said, listen, I'm not coming with you anymore. I'm going because if you need me at home, when I'm home, then I stay. I wait home to come over there and stay always in the stand. It's not good for me, not good for you. At least I'll go play with the reserve team. And that's what I did, basically. Yeah. He didn't say a word. He didn't say a word. So I played basically the reserve match just to keep myself fitness in a good way. And that's it. That's what I did. Uh, don't get me wrong. Uh, I don't like those kind of managers. I don't like this kind of managers. Those managers yeah. uh, uh, are hiding behind the problems, things. Now, you need to be, my, my view to be a, a good manager is to speak free, face to face. If you don't like a player, you tell him. If you like yeah. him, you tell him. You show, to keep players together, you need to be really, uh, how do you say, reliable. You can't really say one thing and uh, do another thing. It's yeah. because sooner, sooner or later, the players will understand that and yeah. they will take an advantage. So that was something I didn't really like about him. That's it. Yeah. So and you, when you were playing in the Premier League, what was the kind of standard like compared to the Scottish League at that time? Well, England was getting bigger at that time. Yeah. Getting bigger. It was not like they, but players, important players started to get. At, at that time, I think Italian football was still the, the best yet. Yeah. Uh, but um, very important players started to move down in England. People like Cristiano Ronaldo and a few others started to move in Britain, in Great Britain, in, in England. And you could see, you could feel. The, the, the level, the, the, the players was getting better and better. Yeah. Uh, every every Saturday, there was a difficult team to play against, you know. Yeah. Uh, it was normal then. In fact, after a few years, England became the best league in the world, you know. It's still yeah. that way. So you could tell, don't get me wrong, in Scotland, at my time, Rangers and Celtic were they were an absolutely unbelievable team because the the players we had uh, Rangers especially they were absolutely unbelievable. We could have played in England without no problem, uh, but of course this move has ne never been done down there for so many reasons. That's the way it is. Uh, so far, uh, I still think that Rangers, if Rangers will go down in England sooner or later. It will become even a bigger, a bigger team all over the world because that's the way Rangers are, and to be fair, also Celtic. 
But the difference it was that one that uh, big players started to go, to go in England. Other way around in Scotland, without David Murray, Special Rangers couldn't really afford any more good players, big players, big names. And of course, the yeah. level from the foreign side of view was getting lower and lower. Uh, that uh, was the big difference. Yeah. So you ended up uh, becoming a scout for, for Florentina. How did that all come about? And could you tell everybody that's listening what that involves? Well, uh, well, basically, I took all my badges as a manager, as a as a sports director as well. Yeah. Uh, I got this phone call basically from the director at the time of Fiorentina, uh, tried to help him in uh, scouting players and things like that, and that's what I've done. It. The players there, eighty, no one, all you know, proved that it could be a potential good players for Fiorentina. He never got one for me. Never. No. Never exactly. got one. No one. So I said, uh, all right, maybe I'm not good enough to this work, but I don't think either you should me as a work. I don't need to work for a person who does everything for himself. Don't get me wrong. I learned so many good things under this, this, this kind of work. But if you get the feeling that you're working for somebody else, and just for him and not for you, then it's something I don't really like. That's why I said, okay, enough. It's me. Bye-bye. See you later. Yeah. So um... Luckily, luckily, I found out, that, well, the time told me that a few of those players, well, actually many of those players that I was proposing to Fiorentina, they became a very, very, very important players. So yeah. uh, that convinced me that I could really stand in this world doing all for also the chief scout without not you, you said that they didn't take you up in any of your offers and you, you learned that some of them went on to kind of become players. Do you remember any names? There are plenty names there. There are players like uh, De Bruyne. Uh, there are players like Callejon. There are players like uh, Ruiz. Uh, there are so many players there. Honestly, I think at the least there could be 15, 20 players, which uh, at the time... Uh, I mentioned, and for some reasons, didn't get it, whatever. Yeah. You know. Just going back and having a wee look over your career, who do you think was the toughest opponent you ever faced? Uh, I was very lucky to play against so many unbelievable players, to be fair. Um, I was lucky to face also Maradona, to be fair. Yeah? (laughs) Yeah. My my debut, 16 and a half, with Bari, we played against Napoli in the Italian Cup, against Napoli at home, so Maradona was there. Uh, but if I wasn't really playing regularly, I was very young at that age. But, uh, you know, Ronaldo probably, Ronaldo da Lima, the, the guy who used to play for Barcelona and for Inter Milan, yeah. I think he's been the tougher opponent for sure. It was yeah. absolutely unbelievable, yeah, that's right. It was, wasn't it? Could do it, and I, I, I was watching some videos of him the other night actually, and uh, some of the, the football fields that you used to hit back then they weren't as great as they are now, and he could still do everything that you know Messi and Ronaldo nowadays can do. It was incredible. So, um, as you said, like when you were playing with Barry, I think it was, I noticed this more. Um, you could thump a ball home for free kicks. It was incredible. When did you realise you could do that? Uh, 
to be fair, uh, quite young actually, because I wasn't really a defender when I started to play. I used to play mm-hmm. a midfield, uh, mm-hmm. and I used to score a lot of goals. In fact, I joined Bari as a midfielder, actually holding midfielder. Yeah. But um, I used to play there. Then uh, through the, the the developing way to become a professional footballer, where at the age of 16 and uh, 16, more or less, yeah, 16, just before my debut, uh, with the reserve team, basically, we went for a tournament. We went for a tournament. And uh, just before the tournament start, uh, the two central out actually, during the training, they collapsed each other. And they were out of the game. Yeah. So the manager said to me, Lorenzo, you need to play central out tomorrow. I said, what? Lorenzo, I've got no one, you know, we got fucking boot injury and uh, you need to play there. And of course, it was I was not really happy. No. Not really happy. The game didn't go well at all because we lost 2-0 two, two as far as I remember, 2-1, two, 2-0, two, something like that. And I didn't think I really had a good game at all. And... Uh, well, straight after the game, actually, the manager came to me and said, uh, I know what you're thinking. I know that you think that you've been not very good today, but I can tell you, you're going to play there from now on. I said, what? Yeah. I don't want to play there. He said, I know you made a few mistakes today, but that's your role from now on. I trust you there. I think you there, you can make a difference. And to be fair, I, didn't, I wasn't happy for at least a month. At least I was not really happy. Yeah. But I have to say, he could really see me there previous. And, of course, that made my career, basically. I mean, I'd become professional footballer as a defender, a centre-half. So, uh, as I said, that kind of quality to shoot from distance was coming from youth age. Since then, I used to, to score goals uh, from big distance as well. Uh, and... Uh, is something that I always took with me. So something yeah. I really like. Trying because when you shoot from that distance, you know that you're not going to score all the time. You can have a pop and take a top corner or the ball can go in the stand. And yeah. you know that you're going to get abuse from the supporters, but <laughs> who cares? I mean, yeah. I don't care. When you do that, you do that for your own team because you know that you, you got this quality you can use it. You got the chance. You try. If it goes well, one nil up. If it goes yeah. well, not well, nil nil. But you got nothing to lose. What? I need to get just impressed because the supporters started to booing me. I don't care. Because yeah. That was the way I was thinking. That's probably what you need, though, to get to the level you've been at. You need to just block out everybody around about you and just focus on the game. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, you scored a few goals against Celtic, but what's the roar like when you when you get that ball in against them, especially <laughs> at Ibrooks? Uh, well, it's uh, it's a special feeling, special feeling. Already winning against them is a special feeling because yeah. you know that uh, you're gonna have uh, the whole week people happy with a big smile on their face. You know, yeah. you're gonna see definitely in town much more. Blue top, then red, then then sorry, then uh, green top. You know, so yeah. uh, scoring uh, it's uh, 
a piece of history there. Yeah. Scoring against them, as I said, for the defender is even more important because it doesn't really happen every Saturday. So it was a, it is a piece of stone there that nobody can really take away from you and from the history of the club as well. Yeah, something absolutely. really special. Do you have a favourite goal that you scored? I scored actually a few lovely goals, to be fair. Yeah. Very nice. But as I said before, the best goal probably I scored against Aberdeen. That one, yeah. uh, it's it's uh, it's unique. Yeah. Left peg as well. So I was just about to say that. That's your weak foot, isn't yeah. it? It's, it's absolutely stunning goal. Absolutely. <laughs> So uh, you're a defender, obviously, and you've you could handle the ball pretty much. But see, uh, over the past couple of months in Scotland, the football and authorities have banned kids heading the ball due to the risks of kind of you know your longer term health. Um, do you think that like was there ever a time that you headed the ball and you kind of thought, why did I do that? Because <laughs> I'd done it a few times when I was younger, and I could, I could feel like. As if I was like, oh, no, I've got a set head now. <laughs> Why did I do that? <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think it's about how you do it. You're yeah. growing, you, you, you're learning, you're training yourself to do that. Yeah. It's about neck things. When you're hitting the ball with your head, your neck is going to be rigid. It can yeah. be hard. It can be soft. You get soft, you're going to feel sore, pain. Maybe yeah. in the beginning, of course, you will feel it because you don't know how to do it. But yeah. then you get used to it. Plus, it was my... Def- I mean, uh, for me, it was special. Hitting the ball with my head, it was uh, something that uh, I really liked so much because I felt great. I yeah. felt up there, going up there and hitting the ball uh, above everyone. It was something made me feel stronger, stronger. Yeah. It would give me a lot of confidence. So I used to get feeding from that kind of things. And uh, no, it, I think it, you, uh, to be fair, you need to have also a good coach to learn how to hit the ball properly with your head. Yeah. Because if you hit the ball, especially in the beginning with the side here, you're going to feel pain, definitely. Yeah. The, normally, the, 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 the ball should be hit here, right? But the front head, front head is very hard. Yeah. You're not going to feel any pain there. And yeah. uh, when you get used to it, then it will become automatically. But yeah. in the beginning, especially, you need to be well-trained and you need to, to put a bit of attention to anything you do. But as I said, most of the time, you need a very good coach there who train you in the right way in the right moment. Yeah. So you got inducted into the Hall of Fame. How was that for you personally? I think that happened in 2010. Yes, it, uh, it you know become uh, one of the legends of uh, Rangers. It's uh, it's a great great achievement for anyone. Yeah, uh, it's a great achievement uh, for especially for a foreign player, I believe. Uh, Honestly, I think uh, I'm very, very proud of it. Well, it's, it's honestly, it's here. Now you can see, he's always with me. Oh, yeah. Now you can see, he's right behind me. That's is the fantastic uh, 
achievement I got wow. to be absolutely Rangers Football Club legend. Yeah. And, and there uh, for the whole of history. Sorry? And there for all of history. Absolutely. Yeah. But uh, reading also the whole names that are there in that, uh, that list, it's, uh, it's a privilege. Honestly, yeah. it's a privilege because you know you are part of something special, something that uh, will be there forever. Yeah. Uh, kids just born two years ago, three years ago, they go to Ibrox and they say, who are those names? And their dads, they will tell them, you know, those are the best player Ranger had. Yeah. And... I am one of them, so I'm yeah. so proud of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Great, yeah. fantastic yeah. achievement. Your name's up above the, the kind of marble staircase, yeah? Absolutely. That's superb. Um, so, kind of going back to you, when you said you captained the team to, a, to a, the treble, you were one of only six former captains to do it, although John Gregg done it twice. That's like a massive achievement. I think you were the first kind of foreign player to do that as well. Yeah, it, uh, uh, I think you we you starting to appreciate more when you away from it. I mean, uh, what I'm trying to say that yeah, we were celebrating. We knew we wanted the treble twice, uh, but after after especially after what happened to Rangers, you know, go relegated, blah 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 blah. Then that, that thing we did well, is getting even a, a bigger, bigger value. Because yeah. at that time, don't get me wrong, it was not easy. But in my mind, uh, there was the idea the Ranger could get other players, younger players, stronger players, and eventually get back at their level where, yeah. when I left, basically. But then what happened after, you know, then everything we did in that my time, six years, is something that I don't know really. Thinking now, I don't know if we're really going to see another unbelievable team like I played for, like yeah. that. That's such a great players. I mean, thinking about just the player where they're, Barry Ferguson, myself... Uh, Arthur Newman, Giovanni Van Brogus, Claudio Reina, two guy, uh, Ronald De Boer, uh, uh, there are George Alberts. So many, so many world class players. So many unbelievable. Fernando Rixen, yeah. Craig Moore, Jesus Christ. I mean, Rod Wallace, don't, Arteta, honestly, yeah. there are so many unbelievable names there. Yeah. If you're thinking about it, say Claudio Canigia, Jesus Christ, <laughs> Torre Andre Flo, you know, yeah. you say, what the fuck, what a team it was. <laughs> I know. And, and uh, on those days, I'll bet if you ask it to any Ranger supporter club, if they really think another team like that will come back, I don't think anyone will say, well, yeah, I'm sure. Well, we hope, of course, we yeah. hope that sooner or later Rangers will, have, will become again a fantastic team. But no one has the, 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 the definitely the, the idea when and if 
really will happen. Yeah. So it's uh, it's crazy, but going away from uh, from Ibrox, from Rangers, and of course after the failure of Rangers for so many reasons, whatever, then you realize that what uh, we did there, it's it's a massive, massive thing, especially yeah. because we've done the treble twice, and that's uh, that's something unbelievable, really unbelievable. Absolutely, and uh, just kind of, have you seen many Rangers games of recent times? And uh, not really much, because uh, in Italy you used to to be a channel where I could see the, the game. Uh, sometimes I used to to watch it if I wasn't working. Uh, some other I don't. Then plus there was uh, a YouTube, sorry, in the Facebook, whatever channel where sometimes I used to to watch the game, but then for the rights or whatever, it's been uh, deleted, uh, so I couldn't watch it anymore. So no, I really didn't watch many games. No. I couldn't. It was in, almost impossible. I'll probably watch three, four games no more. Yeah. Have you seen uh, Alfredo Morelos? Yeah, I've seen last, well, Morel is one of the oldest in this team at the moment. Is that three years already now down the line, as far as I remember, yeah. yeah. Um, is there, do you know, is that, is he spoken about in Italy a lot? Because uh, over here, he was kind of linked with moves in the summer. But... In Bologna. Yeah. In Bologna. Right. Yeah, well, I think uh, there have been an inquiry probably on him, but uh, officially, I don't think it was anything, you know, Morales is a good player. That, that's for sure. He can can treat the ball. He can score a goal. He can move. I think what made him uh, be a target uh, from uh, the, the, the other team was his behave on the field. Yeah, it was too easy to provocate. Yeah. It was easy. And on those days, the players they liked those kind of things because you did nothing. You you, you just go there. You give him a big elbow or a neck or whatever, he goes mad, yeah. kick you and gets and oh red carded. That's it. It's easy. Yeah. And uh, he done too many times these stupid things. Too yeah. many times. And he left the team in the shit a few times. Yeah. But as a football player I have to say, very good player. He knows yeah. how to be and where to be the right moment, the right time to score goals, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. And would he have been a player you would have liked to have come up against or because sometimes it gives the defenders quite a quite a battle. Uh, yeah, well, to be fair, uh, I, I really like to to face any good strikers. Um, yeah. Doesn't matter who. Um, so yeah, why not? Why not? It would have been a good challenge for me as well. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> It'd have plus, been interesting. Remember, plus, remember, you don't defend on your own. You defend as a team. Yeah, that's it. You defend your own partners. There, in my case, the the lineup. Plus the two midfielders as a team as well. So when you're talking about the defending, it's all about team defending, not just the defenders. That's it. Yeah, I would like to have seen that battle with you and Alfredo. It'd have been really interesting. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I think that's that's everything all right, t- well. tonight. So a big thank you to yourself for, for coming on and joining us. No problem, if- my friend. Ciao. Bells ring, fight fire with fire. We are not letting go. When song but sing, spread out their wings.
Solo es tu 